Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. Five of a series of probably eight, nine, or ten messages. I don't know, but we are in a series called Beautiful Attitudes, and this is a play on the Beatitudes, and um, and it's 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 taken out of Matthew five, six, and seven. The sermon. This is a preamble to the Sermon on the Mount, the best sermon that has ever been preached by the best best preacher that has ever preached. Jesus Christ himself. If you're wondering what it is that Jesus would speak to us today, go and read the Beatitudes. In fact, you should read them often and, um, and just be reminded of what God's word says. You know, it's funny. Oftentimes we think of happiness and joy, you know, experiencing happiness and joy. We base those things off of circumstances, we base happiness and joy off of good things happening to us. You know, my wife, she made me a steak dinner and potatoes, and she knows how much I love steak and potatoes, and so I'm happy. I'm so happy that she has done this for me. She knows how much I love golf, and so she bought me a brand new set of golf clubs. And so how do I feel? I feel joyful. And so happiness is oftentimes based off of our circumstances, but if we have learned anything out of the Beatitudes, it's this, that happiness is not found on, and because of happenings. Happiness, true joy and happiness comes from an internal relationship, an internal place of just knowing that you're walking with God and that God loves you and that God is for you. And so we've seen and found happiness in the most strangest situations, in the most unlikely situations. We find happiness, the Bible says, in mourning. When you grieve, there's happiness there. We find happiness in hungering and thirsting. Those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, they will be filled. We find happiness in meekness. And today, we're going to find happiness and, and joy in being merciful. In fact, Matthew 5, uh, 5 and verse 7, and this is the title of the message. We got real fancy with the title. Blessed are the merciful. Why are the merciful blessed? Because they will be shown mercy. Can I just go to the end of the message today? The end of the message is this. If you do not show mercy to other people, then you, my friend, will not be given mercy when you stand before the Lord. Now listen, you may be thinking, oh, that's just not true. That doesn't seem fair. I'm telling you, if you leave today with any other idea than what I have just presented to you, then you are not listening to what God's word says. And so my job to this morning is to bring you to a place of understanding that God's word is true. The Bible says, let his word be true and let every man be a liar, right? So bring you to a place that if you don't show mercy, you, my friend, will not be given mercy when you stand before the Lord. So that's very sobering. It's very, it's very heavy. And so mercy is this. 
compassionate or kind forbearance shown towards an offender or an enemy. Do you know this, that mercy is not even required if there's not an enemy or if somebody has offended you? It's only needed when offense has taken place or somebody has really come against you to harm you in some way, shape, or form. There's no need for mercy to be given or extended unless those two things have happened. And it's so funny because people are like, whenever it comes to forgiveness and mercy, what do they always say? Well, you just don't know the full story. Well, I don't have to know the full story. And you, my friend, will also be brought to the same understanding before today's over. Say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. And can I just also say this, that I'm not trying to downplay the offense and the hurt and the pain that you've experienced because I know some of your stories and there have been some awful and some terrible things that have been done to you, things that should have never been done to some of you, but it was done to you. This message is for you as well. Okay? All right. All right. Let's pray. We need to pray after that. Lord, we thank you for today. Thank you for your word. We just ask in Jesus' name that you would open our hearts and our minds and that we may be moved and healed by the power of your word, the power of your truth, the power of your love. I thank you for that. We receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. So, my definition of mercy is this. Not giving what is deserved. Not giving to another person what is deserved. Some of us are really good at giving back what, what people deserve. Right? I mean, we are, we are good. Like in the whole fight or flight, it's like, those are fighting words. I'm going to come back strong with my own words. But mercy is not giving what is deserved. And if there's ever been a time in all of history where there's little to no mercy, it's today. It's in 2022. You know, one and done. I remember saying this as a kid and, um, and, and thinking that, that it had great meaning as a kid. But I'm telling you what, one and done has greater meaning today. One and done is this. I'll give you one chance, and if you come up short, I'm done with you. One and done. If there's ever a time where there's little to no mercy, it's today. I will cancel you. I will drag your name through the dirt, through the mud. You hurt me or anybody that I love. I am finished. And you're going to know about it. That's the day and the time that we live in. Very different than what the Bible teaches us to do. And unfortunately, the same mentality of one and done has found its way in the church as well. It's found its way in the church where the church should be an example to follow it is, it is being led by, by, by the world. And so, so people will harass you. They will condemn you. They will cancel you. We have become excellent judges of other people's sins and even better lawyers of our own. Let me just say that again. We have become excellent judges of other people's sin, meaning we are so quick to point out that is wrong and justice needs to be, justice needs to be served. We're excellent judges of another's sin, but we are 
even better lawyers of our own. What does a lawyer do? And a lawyer, a lawyer gives an excuse as to why. You know, th there are circumstances that allow this to be okay in this situation. And so while we are bringing great judgment against another person, we're saying mercy, 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 whenever it comes to what I have done wrong against you or what I have done wrong against God. So since that's so heavy, I want to incorporate a joke into this today. We got to keep breaking this up or else you'll never come back. So there was a guy that wanted a parrot. I think of my son-in-law, Bo Stevenson. He loves birds. He wants to get one of them African gray birds, but my daughter will not allow him to have one. It's Father's Day. Who thinks that Bo should get a parrot? Come on. I'm in trouble. I am in trouble. So there's a guy, he goes to a pet store and he says, he says, man, I want this bird. I want a parrot. So he buys the bird and the bird is, is wonderful. The bird is wonderful for a couple of days until it settles in and, and gets comfortable with its new house and its new, and its new owner. And then all of a sudden the attitude of the parrot begins to shift and change you know what he's getting sharp with his owner and and the parrot knew some bad words and the the parrot is starting to curse out you know the owner and the owner's like what is going on here and the owner gets so fed up with the parrot he takes the parrot and puts it in the freezer and slams the door and all the the owner hears is just and scratching and, and squawking and words being said for about 45 seconds is all it lasted. And then it was like complete silence. And so the owner's sitting outside of the, the freezer and he's listening, nothing's there, nothing's there. And so he's like, oh man, what, was, what changed? And so he opens up the freezer door and that parrot is just sitting there like this, you know, just stone faced and, and the parrot just kind of hops out, you know, just kind of, uh, uh, you know, just quietly hops out. And then the, the parrot says, I have to apologize. I am so sorry that I treated you I treated you in this manner. He says, the parrot says, I humbly ask for your forgiveness. Would you please forgive me? And the owner was like, yeah, absolutely. I'll be more than happy, you know, to forgive you. And then there's more awkward silence. And the parrot says, I just got one question. And the owner's like, what's, what's the question? He said, what did the chicken do? I'm getting better, I promise you, man. I try so hard to be funny, but I'm just, they're terrible jokes. I got people leaving because the jokes are so, were so bad. They're like, we're out of here. We're not putting up with this any longer. I want you to know this this morning, that unforgiveness hurts the offended. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, walk in mercy. Turn to your other neighbor, tell them, walk in mercy. So how do we walk in mercy? Great. We're supposed to walk in mercy, but how do we do it? Number one is this. If you're taking notes, write this down. Remind yourself of how merciful God has been to you. 
Remind yourself of how merciful God has been to you. This is why it's so important for us to say the Lord's Prayer every single day. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. This is, it begins with worship. We begin to worship him. And then we move on and it says, give us this day our daily bread. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Talking about provision, talking about talking about um, God's plan being the best plan. And then all of the sudden, he, he shifts gears and he's, and he's telling his disciples, it would be good for you to add this into your daily prayer. Instead of just saying what you need from God, I want you to add this into your prayer. And he says, forgive me of my debt, just as I have forgiven those who, who owe me, those indebted to me. So forgive me of my debt. The word debt here is only, it's, in the, it's a Greek word. I'm not going to try to pronounce it, but it's a Greek word that is only used two times in the New Testament. And this word actually means bankrupt. So forgive us of our debt that we cannot pay. There's no way I could pay the debt that I owe you, God. Forgive me of my debt to the extent that I am willing, that I am able to forgive those that owe me a debt that they cannot repay. And so I want you to know this, how heavy this is. God, I want your forgiveness to come to me to the measure that I'm able to forgive those that have wounded and hurt me. This is not a, 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 this is not a light topic. In fact, I believe that this is one of the most important messages out of all the messages in the Beatitudes. If we think that we can earn God's forgiveness, then guess what you're going to do, my friend? You're going you're gonna to make it so everybody has to earn your forgiveness. And I'm telling you this, that by pausing and re being reminded of the debt that has been forgiven you should help you and help you quickly to forgive others whenever they've come against you. But we don't see this all the time. We see Christians, we see Christians that have been forgiven a tremendous debt, but yet they want to hold other people accountable for the wrong that they have done. And I'm just saying, this is a very dangerous, dangerous place to be. So why are we so willing to receive forgiveness and to receive mercy, but so unwilling to give it? I honestly believe it's because we forget. We forget what it is that we've been forgiven. Matter of fact, we've walked with God. Some of us have walked with God for so long that we've become in our own minds pretty good, meaning that we're not near as bad as we used to be. And so when we see somebody that was half as worse as we used to be, but we've been so far removed from that lifestyle or those sins, we start thinking, man, that just is so disgusting. That is just so terrible. I wish they would get their act together. See, you, my friend, have forgotten just how bad you've been. You, you have forgotten. It's like some of you have children that have not made the best decisions. And you're like, man, they should make better decisions than that. But honestly, if you were to compare your life to their life, like what the decisions that they are making today compared to the decisions that you were making at the same age that they were, you'd be like, well, they're really not doing as bad as I, you know what I'm saying? 
But we forget what it is that we have come out of, the nastiness, the grossness that we have come out of because, because we serve a merciful God. Ephesians uh, chapter 2 and verse 4 says this, because he loves us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ. When did he do this? When we were dead in our transgressions. We were completely dead in sin and he came to us and he made us alive in Christ. And then he says this, it is by grace that you've been, that you've been saved. It is by grace that you have been saved. The grace of God, the mercy of God. I want you to know this, that the forgiven easily forgive. And maybe you need to be reminded on more of a regular basis of 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 the debt that has been washed away. Number two is this, remember that you're gonna face God soon. I honestly wish, some of you know, many of you know, that I had a near-death experience with malaria. Malaria almost killed me just a couple of months back. Came back from Africa, got bit by the wrong mosquito, almost died. I wish every single one of you could have a near-death experience without dying. I, I'm not saying, I, but, but the truth is, that this is the biggest gift and blessing outside of God just saving me probably that I've ever been given. First of all, I faced death and wasn't afraid because I know who I am in the Lord. That is huge and tremendous. But second of all, I know that tomorrow's not promised to any of us. And I want you to know this, that you, my friend, are going to be facing the Lord a whole lot faster than what you think. You're going to face the Lord, even if you're blessed and gifted to live a hundred years. You know what I've been thinking a lot about? I've been thinking a lot about, like I know this, that I've already lived more life than I will live going forward. And you know this, some of you are not okay with that. But I'm telling you, there is a place and a position where you can be okay with that. And I'm okay with that. Honestly, if I'm given another month to live or another 50 years to live, I'm okay with that. I'm not in any hurry to get out of here, but I'm also not going to fight to stay here. I know this, that God's plan is perfect. And if a mosquito could take me out, a mosquito. Do you know how many foolish, dumb things that I have done in my life that could have killed me? And a mosquito brought me, a mosquito brought me the closest that I've ever been to transitioning from this. I know this, that the Lord holds my, my today and he holds my tomorrow. And I'm telling you this, that you're going to stand before the Lord sooner than what you think. So remember that in how you, how you live your days that you're given, it matters. It really, really matters. And this is the other thing too, is, is, is pastoring now. Sometimes I feel like I'm just trying to, you know, trying to shake people. You ever just want to just shake somebody? Wake up. Would you just wake up? Like, like, I feel like my messages are a little bit more tense because I don't want people to get to the end of their life and standing before the Lord. And there's a test. There are questions that are asked of them and they're not able to give the answer. 
or they're malingerers, which a malingerer is a fancy way of saying somebody that makes a bunch of excuses. Once again, we excuse why we do things, but that might work to your best friend. It might work even to your husband or to your wife. It might work with your mom and your dad. But I promise you this, you will not be able to give an excuse when you stand before the Lord. And so I feel this weightiness and this heaviness as being the pastor of Grace Church. I am going to give an account as to what it is and how it is that I've prepared you. There are a lot of people that will, just, that will just share messages just to make you feel happy about just your life and your, and your day. And, and you know what? There's no work that you need to be done. But I'm telling you, you should be examining your life on the regular and, and continually sacrificing yourself for the Lord. We love the idea that Jesus gave his life for us, but he is calling you, my friend, to give your life to him. And I'm not saying that there's no fun in that. Holy smokes. Walking with Jesus is the best place to walk, the most fulfilling place that you can walk. Come on, life really begins to take on meaning. I've done everything else out there that the world has to offer, and I choose to walk with Jesus. It's the best way. It's the only way. And so if you're fighting with, with surrendering or not, I challenge you. Take it from somebody that knows this is the best way. He is the only way. Amen. After the Lord's Prayer, there's a verse that follows up after he teaches us, you know, our Father, hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Give us this day, forgive us of our sins and our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. Deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. What's next? What's the follow-up verse to that? You should know that what follows is very important because Jesus himself is speaking. What is he going to highlight out of all the stuff that he just shared? Matthew 6 and 14 is the end of it. And he reverts all the way back to verse 12. Verse 12 is forgive us of our debt as we have forgiven those that have sinned against us. He reverts back to it in verse 14. For if you forgive other people when they sin he's talked about the all the things in the lord's prayer but he goes back to forgiving sin if you forgive people when they sin against you your heavenly father will also forgive you but if you do not forgive others their sins then your father will not forgive you of your sin oh my gosh would you just listen to what that says oh grace grace god's grace Wonderful grace, mercy, grace, love, 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 forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness. My friend, if you fail to forgive the people that have forgiven, that have sinned against you, God himself, Jesus, the fullness of God manifests in the flesh, says, I will not forgive you of your sins. This is so weighty and so heavy. We love the idea of being forgiven, but don't ask me to do what is difficult. Don't ask me. You don't understand how they've hurt. Yes, they've hurt you. Yes, they've sinned. But have you forgiven? Have you been forgiven? Then forgive. 
Jesus often told stories of the unmerciful. Do you know this, that you don't see the wrath of God very much in the New Testament? You see it a lot in the Old Testament. But you know what really makes Jesus mad and angry, which is God? Do you know what makes him mad and angry? What makes him angry is when you have received something good from him, but yet you withhold it from giving it to somebody else. You have received something so wonderful, so precious from him, and you're like, I'm not going to share this with anybody else. That makes him so angry. Peter, in Matthew chapter 18, he's like, I hear you talking about letting people off the hook. And he's having this conversation with Jesus. Well, how, how often should I, should I forgive them? Should I forgive them once or twice? Jesus is like, no more. And he's like, well, how many? And what if they continue to sin? When should I, how far should that go? Should I forgive them seven times in a day? And Jesus is like, no, 70 times that. 70 times what? 70 times seven in a day. Are you kidding me? That's one time every three minutes in a 24-hour period if you did not go to sleep. That's how much you're supposed to give, forgive somebody if they sin against you that many times. This is what Jesus is saying. And then he tells a story of a man that owed a king a great amount of money. Five billion dollars is what he owed him in today's currency. Five billion dollars. And he goes to him, the king's wanting to collect, and he says, listen, just give me a little bit more time. I'll, I'll find a way to pay off the debt. And please have mercy on me. Please forgive me. And the king says, listen, Something's moved upon my heart and I'm just going to wipe your debt completely free. I'm not going to, you don't even have to ever pay it back. And so the same man that was forgiven this $5 billion debt goes out and he finds another man that owes him the equivalence of $10,000. Still a lot of money, like a quarter of a car today, right? 10,000 bucks, a lot of money. And the Bible says that he lays hands on this man and he says, give me what you owe me right now. The man says to him the same speech that he said to the king. He says, just give me a little bit more time. I promise you I will repay it all in full. And the man says, no. And he, and he takes him and he throws him into prison. You're gonna stay in prison until the, the fullness of the debt is paid. And so word got back to the king that had just forgiven this one man $5 billion worth of debt. Word got back that he threw this other man that only owed him $10,000 into prison. And this is what Jesus tells of this story. Matthew 18, 33. Shouldn't you have shown mercy just as I had mercy on you? James chapter 2 and verse 13. Show mercy to others. Or God will not show mercy to you when he judges you. Can I tell you this? I want everybody to look up here real quick. There is a thing called the great white throne judgment. We are under this grace dispensation, this mercy dispensation. But you, my friend, need to know that there is a judgment side of God. And you are going to give an account as to how it is that you lived your life. And I'm telling you, you freely receive, you better freely give. If you freely receive, you better freely give. If you receive the goodness of God, you better be somebody that's given the goodness of God. Or that $5 billion debt, that debt that you cannot pay because you are bankrupt 
will be added to you and you will be thrown in prison until you can pay it and you'll never pay it. This is a place called hell. It's very serious what we're talking about. Somebody say, put a smile on your face. Lighten up just a little bit. But I'm telling you guys, this is, a, this is gonna be on, it's, there's a test in how you live your days. It, it really matters, all right? And it goes on to say this, but the person who shows mercy can stand without fear at judgment. You know, it, it's, so, it's so wild to me. We have had people leave Grace Church because of the grace and the mercy that we have extended to them. There have been some people that have just really come up short. And I just want you to know about this with me, like because God has been so, like I don't deserve anything that I've been given. God has been better to me than anything that I deserve. And so my bend, my natural bend is when somebody fails, my natural bend is forgiveness and reconciliation. My, my, my go-to is like, how do we get this person back, you know what I mean, to where they're okay, walking with Jesus, walking in, in victory. Like that is my number one. And guess what? There have been people that have left Grace Church because there's too much mercy here. You see them out, and it's like, man, how you been? Well, we've been going over here. That's cool. That's awesome. You're still in the kingdom. That's great. Yeah, too many second chances over there at Grace. There have been, there, there's several situations I'm thinking about, but one was very, very popular, and, and the person found himself back up on the stage again, and boy, did I hear about it. Let me ask you this. If there are, like, like how many second chances should there be? Like take the person, the person that you know that has, that has hurt your friend, that has failed you in some way. Take them out of the equation. Let me ask you a question. How many second chances should the Lord give you? Should, should it be 10? let's go crazy here. Should it be a hundred second chances? I mean, my goodness, a hundred second chances. Like they should know by now, right? A hundred second chances. Be, be, be careful how you answer this now, because we're talking about you now. How many second chances should you get? Let's go really crazy. A thousand. That's in a day, my friend. That's not, I'm talking about full seconds. That's in one 24-hour period, 70 times seven. Should it be, let's go really crazy. Should it be 10,000 second chances and then all of a sudden your second chances are done? I can promise you this. Be careful because even if you say 10,000 second chances, I promise you every single one of you have spent those 10,000 second chances probably a hundred times over. It's very important how you view other people. It should, you should worry about the log in your own eye before you start complaining about the speck that's in your brother's eye. First fix yours, get yourself right, and then you can help your, your brother. But I'm telling you, this place of judgment 
and, and, and no mercy is a very, very, it's a very, very dangerous place. And I'm just saying this, if you're going to miss it on the side of one or the other, miss it on the side of mercy instead of judgment. Miss it there. Second Corinthians, I got to hurry real quick. Second Corinthians 5, 16, Paul says this. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. No more Democrat, Republican. No more white, black, brown, yellow. No more male, no more female. No more rich, no more poor, no more east, no more west. No more north, no more south. No more American, no more Russian. No more whatever. We don't regard one another from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in the same way, we don't any longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The new creation has come. There's a song by Phillips Craig and Dean that says, Mercy came a-running like a prisoner set free. I don't know the words, so I'm going to read them to you. Like a prisoner set free. Past all my failures to the point of my need. When the sin that I carried well, was all I could see. And I could not reach mercy. Mercy came running to me. Mercy came and found me out. Boy, I destroyed that. So what's crazy is, is the Bible says this is from God who reconciled himself through Christ. He reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So he does it to you and then he wants to do it through you. Like he forgives you, he reconciles us back to the Father, but now he wants to use your life to do the same. Amen? And to reconcile means to bring the balance to zero. That's exactly, you had a debt that you could not pay. He said, I'm bringing your balance to zero. So let me ask you a question. With all that, who in your life do you need to bring the balance to zero? Who, who, who do you remember? Who are you, remem who are you treating differently because of what it is that they have done? Come on, Jesus brought your balance to zero. Who do you need to zero out their balance? So, who do we show mercy to? I gotta hit these real quick. Number one, to people who make mistakes. No need for mercy if they don't make any mistakes. And guess what? It's often the religious people that have the most difficult time with this. Why? Because we're so far removed from the mistakes that we've made. And it's easy to, it's easy to judge the wrong in others. Jesus had a friend that was a tax collector. You know, a tax collector, the definition of that is a thief. Somebody that on the regular stole money in biblical terms. Not saying that today. In the accountants, I'm not calling you a thief. I'm just saying I got to be careful. Get myself in trouble. So Matthew, this tax collector, has a revelation of Jesus, and this actually fulfilled the prophecy in Isaiah. He said, look at my servant Jesus, whom I've chosen. He won't fight or shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. I'm telling you what, there have been some times where, where I've just been bruised, where I've been you know what I'm saying, where I've, where I've really been down on myself, maybe even because of the sin that I've caused 
and, and, and the, the, the pain that I've brought upon myself. But Jesus, the revelation says, he will not break a reed and he will not put out a candle that is flickering. People need to know that they can be forgiven and restored from their sin, regardless of the mistakes that they have made. Number two is this. Show mercy to people that have let us down. Jesus is on the cross and he's been denied, he's been betrayed, he's been accused, he's been rejected, he's been cheated upon, he's been abused, he's been humiliated. And what does he say in Luke 23, 34? Jesus says, forgive them, Father, for they do not know what they're doing. That's what he says about, about us. And we're called to do the same. And I want you to know that mercy is a choice. You can put it on or you can take it off. It's a choice. You don't have to walk in mercy, but if you fail, then mercy will not come back to you. I got to lighten this up just a little bit. There was a couple that were married for 50 years and they have this big celebration. They got the kids, the grandkids and the great grandkids around. One of the great grandkids, the granddaughter asks grandma, she's like, she's like, grandma, how do you stay married for 50 years? And she said, well, I, on day one of our marriage, I, I made a list of all of your grandpa's, your great grandpa's flaws and his shortcomings. It's a list of 10 things. And I said, I just made the decision that, that if, he, if he fails in one of these areas, I'm just going to automatically forgive him. And, and that's how we've been married for 50 years. And so she's like, give me the juice, man. Give me the insider information. What are grandpa's 10 worst flaws? And she's like, you know what's funny about that, sweetheart? She says, she says, I never even gotten around to making the list. I just figured every single time that he came up short, oh, that was one on the list. He's lucky today. And she just forgave him. And, and that's how you stay married for 50 years. Number three is this. Show mercy to those people that are far from God. Show mercy to the people that are far from God. Please let Grace Church remain the church, that it doesn't matter who you are or what name you have in this community, that not only are you welcomed here, but you will find love and compassion and acceptance and truth in this place. Amen? See, some people think that, that, that by being merciful that you don't stand for anything. My goodness, if you're thinking that's what I'm saying, then you don't know me. We stand for all the right things. We stand for what God stands for. But we will love you through what it is that he's trying to do in and through your life. Amen? We don't apologize for sharing the truth of God's word. But we'll love you as you're struggling through getting your life right with the Lord. Amen? That's what he does for us, and we need to do the same for each other. Number four is this, and this is the last one. And this is the one that I really felt like the Lord was showing me that somebody is going to be in the service today that needs to hear this. Who do we show mercy to? We show mercy to ourselves. And this is, this is the most difficult one oftentimes. Sometimes we have no problem you know, giving mercy to the stranger. We have no problem giving mercy to our brothers and sisters, our moms and dads, our, our uh, spouses. In fact, there was a survey that was put together about, I don't know, about five years ago. And, and they were talking about the, the worst of offenses that can happen in relationships. And the question was this, 
what relationship or, or where is mercy the most difficult to extend? And, and they gave a list. Is it, is it giving mercy to your parents? Is it giving mercy to your children? Is it giving mercy to your spouse? Is it giving mercy to your friend? Where is mercy the most difficult to, to extend? And 75% of the answers were giving mercy to myself. That's the, that's the hardest. Why? Because we know why we have done the things that we've done. And sometimes we do things knowing that it is completely wrong and even against what God has for our lives, right? But yet we do it anyway. We do it anyway. The Apostle Paul says, why is it that I do the things that I know I should not do and don't do the things that I know I should do? And so I want you to know this, that if you're struggling today, forgiving yourself, giving mercy to yourself, I encourage you to revisit that. You know, the Lord showed me something. I've, I've never heard the audible voice of God. Some people have heard, oh yeah, I've heard God say this audibly. I'm like, that would kind of freak me out. I'm not gonna lie. But I think it would be really, really cool. Um, but I've never heard that. But what I have heard is the internal voice of God. And I hear this somewhat often. But I remember when I was first saved and God had been so good to me and delivered me out of just a bunch of garbage. I had more addictions than most. And, um, and there was one addiction that just continued just to trip me up and trip me up and trip me up. Like I would do good for a little while and then I would just fail. And when I would fail, I would, I would literally make myself pay for the sin that I had just committed. Like I wouldn't feel worthy even to go to church for a whole week. Okay, and then a week would go by and I'd been good enough for long enough. So now I deserve to go to church again. So I would go back to church and I would just punish myself. Like you don't deserve to be happy. You don't deserve to, you know, for anything good to happen. And so I felt like the Lord spoke to me one day and he, and he said, Travis, if I have forgiven you, but yet you are unwilling to forgive yourself. He said, then what you're doing is you're elevating your opinion about this situation above my opinion. And I don't know how you would respond to that, but let me tell you how I responded to that. God, no, I do not want to elevate my opinion above your opinion on anything. And even if it deals with forgiving myself, and so there was a shift and a turn that immediately took place because when I failed and I still continued to fail a bunch, man, I would come running, I would lay face down and I would just cry out to the Lord, I am just so unclean and God, I'm, I'm, I wanna do better, but I don't know why I continue to, to disappoint and, and I would just pour my heart out. But when I knew that I had asked for God's forgiveness. I knew because his word is true that he forgave me. And you know what I did? I picked myself back up and I would just get going again because who am I to not forgive myself when God has forgiven me? And this is the other thing too. Who am I to not give and extend mercy and forgiveness to somebody else whenever God has forgiven me my debt? I really just want to challenge you, you know what I mean, today in this. And I know it's not easy and I know it's, it's hard, but some of you need to forgive yourself. Like you've been, you have, you have not allowed yourself to thrive 
You've not even, matter of fact, some of you, when good things begin happening in your life, some of you will go as far as derail your own life because you think that you don't deserve the goodness that's coming. And I'm just saying this, that stop that. Come on, mercy came running, right? Mercy comes running. He who the sun sets free is not bound half the time, is free indeed. First Timothy 1, chapter 13 and verse 15, this is the apostle Paul says this, and this is the guy that wrote most of your New Testament through the work of the Holy Spirit. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save the righteous, to save the good. No, he came into the world to save the sinner. And the apostle Paul said, of whom I am the worst. I want you to know this, that not only does God want to set you free here today, but he has given you, somebody say, he has given me a ministry of mercy. And if you've been given a ministry of mercy, I encourage you to start operating in that calling today. Be swift, be quick, move, make phone calls have conversations and if you're on the offender side which we all are reach out just like the parrot did <laughs> reach out and say humbly I ask for your forgiveness leave the whole chicken part of it out but let me pray for you Lord I thank you for today I thank you for this word I'm asking you Lord that the Holy Spirit do what only the Holy Spirit can do that's change us and transform us into your image and likeness. God, thank you for, thank you really for forgiving me of the debt that I could never repay. Every single person is in that same category. Now, God, help us to work through by the power of the Holy Spirit to forgive those that have hurt us deeply, wounded us deeply, that owe us greatly. Help us get to work on being merciful so that we may receive mercy from you in Jesus' name. Amen. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.